friends and partners of Kevin Inman Ministries present Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. Pastor Kevin is committed to equipping you to earnestly contend for the faith. For more information on Pastor Kevin and Contenders Radio, please visit our website at www.kevininman.org. That's www.kevininman.org. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Contenders Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Inman, and today I want to talk to you about habitual sin. That's right, what a pleasant topic, but maybe you, like so many others, find yourselves oftentimes sinning, confessing the appropriate sin then to God, and yet still finding yourself committing that same sin again and again. Well, friend, you're not alone, and I know that doesn't make it any better that you're not alone. Habitual sin is a very dangerous thing, but it's also a very difficult thing for us to deal with. And oftentimes the reason is that habitual sin has found its way into really our our, our subconscious. Oftentimes we, we sin habitually automatically. We respond wrongly automatically without really ever thinking about it. It's been so ingrained into our um, into our person. It's it's that old sin nature, yes. And, and folks, believe me, I know that if there's anyone in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature. The old things have passed on. Behold, all things have become new. And yet the reality is, even though that is absolutely correct, and it is, it's absolutely correct. And, and we're going to see here shortly that the Bible even tells us that we don't have to sin. And yet so often we find that we are sinning. So what do we do when we commit those same sins over and over again? What does God teach us through his word about overcoming these sinful habits? Well, I want to share with you something that has uh, just really uh, jumped out at me here in the last couple of years. And it's something that I use often in, in doing biblical counseling with folks in our church. It's something I apply regularly to my own life because I'm far from perfect yet. I know that one day I will be. All Christians, all believers in Christ Jesus will be perfect as he is perfect. Right now in that sanctification process, we're in just that, the process of being made holy, of being made more and more like Jesus. And folks, that's the goal. And Jesus will do uh, whatever it takes shy of sinning. He does not sin. He's never sinned. And so we have to know that he will do everything According to his nature, everything within the self-imposed limits of not sinning that the Lord has placed upon himself, but he will do whatever it takes, therefore, to bring us to holiness, to make us after the image of 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 Jesus. That's what the Lord is doing, making us more holy like he is holy. And so what I want us to see today is how we can establish new habits, new behavior patterns, and it has to do with this ideal of putting off and putting on. Uh, some in biblical counseling communities, they call this the put-off, put-on dynamic, and that's a great title, actually, the put-off, put-on dynamic. I simply call it put-off, put-on. Uh, leave off the big word, the fancy word, the dynamic word, but put-off and put-on. So let's dive in today on this episode, and folks, this is just going to be very practical. Yes, there's theology involved. Obviously, there's theology involved. 
uh, a lot of practical um, how-tos and do this and don't do that doesn't really work in and of itself. It's because of God and his Holy Spirit working in us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, remember? And it's it's He um, his working through his word. It's the Spirit of God working through the word of God to change us little by little. And that's the goal. That's what we're after. We want to be more like Jesus. So we're going to dive in today. And I want you to, to notice Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I'm going to turn there uh, here. Hopefully, if you're able to, you're turning there as well. Not driving, not flying, uh, none of those things. Well, I mean, if you're piloting, you shouldn't be looking at your Bible. But uh, if you're just riding on an airplane, that's an entirely different matter. But uh, hopefully, you're at a place where you can pull off uh, or just pull out your, your, your copy of God's Word and take a look. Hebrews 4.12, we're talking about the put-off, put-on Dynamic, the principle of putting off and putting on. So Hebrews 4.12 actually tells us this. It says, for the word of God is living and active. And anyone who's been a Christian long enough and who's been in God's word should know this to be true, that the word of God is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and uh, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That is what God's word does. And so what we see here is that the word of God the Word of God is able to judge our thoughts and even the intentions of our heart. And, and, and what that's saying is it's able to accurately uh, judge right from wrong and thereby be able to convict us of sin. We see in John chapter 16. Uh, now, John is uh, the Gospel of John. We've been preaching through for the last, uh, oh, going on two years, I believe, now here, or just over two years. I can't even remember now, but it's been a while We've been in the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings at my home church of Grace Point at Eagle Heights in Orange, Texas. But in John 16, we're about to finish up chapter 17 this Sunday. But again, I'm sorry. In John 16, verses 7 and 8, the Word of God says this. But I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now, first of all, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he's, he's preparing them for his departure. He's about to be arrested uh, Judas is about to betray him, which he already knows about. Jesus already knows about. Jesus already knows that Judas is not of him, that he's not of the Lord, that he is of the devil. He's not a Christian who makes a mistake, if you will. He is not of Christ. But in chapter 16, Jesus has already um, uh, instituted, I guess, uh, the Lord's Supper in chapter 13 in the upper room. He's talked to his disciples about about taking love up a notch to love as uh, Christ loved them. And uh, so they're to love one another. And he called that a new commandment because uh, they're loving more intently there. Chapter 14, he's preparing them for his departure still, telling them not to worry. And uh, that's a chapter that we'll come back and look at. I believe Jesus uh, intimates the rapture of the church right there at the first few verses of chapter 14. But that's for another time. Uh, here he's he's just offering them peace, offering them peace and uh, uh, telling them not to worry. Chapter 15, the same. 
about being connected to him because he is the vine, we are the branches. And in chapter 16, he continues that thought. And in chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, the word of God says, But I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he goes on to explain each of those matters. But, but for us today, and you can go back and look at those verses in context, but for us today know that what the Scripture is telling us is that the Word of God, and then here Jesus says the Holy Spirit of God is here to convict us of sin, to convict us of our sin um, and to show righteousness and also judgment as well. Uh, so we we need to we need to realize that God's word and God's spirit are there for us to convict us of our sin. Now I'm talking to believers. This is about Christians, those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Now, thankfully, God's Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and unrighteousness and judgment. Uh, if, if, if the Holy Spirit did not convict sinners of their sin, sinners would never come under the saving. Uh, faith of belief they would never come under the saving grace of the lord god we're saved because god draws us to himself first in repentance and grants us basically the opportunity and ability to repent and yes i know we still have to repent Uh, we're still responsible we're still liable to do so but it begins with god and so as we're talking about now breaking the patterns of sin in our life breaking the pattern of habitual sin I wanted to start here because it's the Word of God that convicts us of our sin, and it's the Holy Spirit of God also that convicts us of our sin. Now, there's another verse in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Actually, there's a few verses, but Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, and then we'll jump down for time's sake down to verse 14. But Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and verse 7 says, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, meaning with Jesus, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. What is that telling us? What it's saying is that we are free from sin. We do not have to sin. Look at verse 14. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law but under grace folks listen listen these are the facts and we need to add up the facts we need to realize that we've been released from the power of sin sin does not have any longer dominion over us sin is no longer our master and so what should we do in light of the fact that we don't have to sin we should now live like we don't have to sin Verse uh, verse 11 of that same chapter, Romans chapter 6, says, Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin. So since, what it said there in verse 6 and 7 and, and even verse 8 and 9, since that's true, that we're no longer under sin, um, that Christ has uh, now uh, been crucified for sin, he took our sin to the cross and crucified sin, so to speak. And so that act of Jesus, that factual historical act of Jesus has now brought us to a place where we do not have to sin. And so what the scriptures tell us next, what Paul says here in Romans is now, even so that's true, consider. That means it takes an active part 
um, in our spirit, in our soul, uh, in our mind, an active um, we play an active part, and we, we have to take responsibility in, verse 11, considering ourselves dead to sin. So the fact is, Christian, we are dead to sin. If you're a Christian, you are dead to sin. So what Paul says is now, consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Folks, I'm telling you, we need to get this. This, this may sound just kind of simple uh, to some of you. Some of you, this may sound... Uh, this may sound like a strange teaching. Folks, this is nothing new. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans. He says it in Ephesians and Colossians as well. And we'll get there in just a moment. But just once again, just listen. What are the facts? Christ died for our sins. He died for our sins to redeem us, to purchase us from the slave market, right off the, the chopping block, so to speak, right off the slave block. We're, we're on display for people to purchase us for their use, and what Jesus does is rescues us. He redeems us. He pays the penalty to deliver us and set us free from the bondage of sin. So now sin has no reign over us. And so, again, verse 14, sin shall not be your master. It shall not be master over you, for you're not under law but under grace. We have been saved by grace through faith, and it's that grace of God and the faith that he gives to us, he grants to us to have and to exercise. It's by that grace and that faith that we have been saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man boast. It's the gift of God. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And so in light of that, verse 11 of Romans 6 tells us to consider ourselves dead to sin. So now we're consciously thinking about that reality. When I'm tempted, I'm now thinking, wait, I do not have to give in to this sin. I have been rescued. I've been redeemed. I've been set free from the bondage of sin. And then verse 12 says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body uh, to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So there's a lot there in verse 12. We need to unpack here for a moment. Now, you hear some squeaking. I'm getting comfortable in my chair. All right, I'm getting ready. <laughs> We're going to unpack this verse here, Romans 6, verse 12. You also may hear in the background, you may hear uh, a band playing. Uh, I'm recording today, and uh, the uh, band students from our homeschool academy that meets here, Christian Academy of Fine Arts, uh, they are getting ready. They're practicing, rehearsing, warming up for um, a performance later on this evening. But if that's what you hear, just know I hear it too. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it right now. So don't let that distract you. Set your mind to the task here of paying attention because, folks, this is this is a matter of, of, of life and death for us. Not that we'll die and be separated from God. If you're saved, you're soundly saved. You, you, you trust in the works of Christ on the cross to keep you saved. That's not a license to sin, not at all. That's Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue uh, in sin so that grace can increase? May it never be. Absolutely not. Definitively, no. Uh-uh. No way. Not on your life. We are not going to use our, our freedom in Christ now as a license to sin. So what we do, according to verse 12 is here's a command. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your body. So sin, 
has been defeated. Sin does not have to reign over us. We've been delivered from sin. So verse 11 says, consider now yourself dead to sin and then alive to God. And verse 12 says now, don't let or do not let sin reign in your body so that you obey. So that means that you and I have to be actively engaged and not allowing ourselves to sin. And, and here's here's what it comes down to. When we stumble in sin, we can't now blame God. Well, God, you promised that I was set free, but apparently you lied, so you must not be strong enough to save me or, 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 or something along those lines. Folks, listen, we have, no, we, we have no right, we have no rhyme, no reason to blame God. We now have to be active participants in keeping ourselves holy. We're to be holy, that's a command, as he is holy. So that means that we have an active role in keeping ourselves pure. And so we're now to consider ourselves dead to sin, and in the context, consider ourselves alive to God. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. So I've got to say no to temptation. I've got to say no to, to the opportunity to sin. I have to say no to sin. And he goes on. Uh, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so you obey its lust. And do not, here's another command, negative command though, but it's still a command. Do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. So now I have to stop allowing myself to continue in sin. I have to, again, actively participate in not engaging in sinful activities. So something very practically, let's see, we may, uh, if, if you struggle with drinking, with uh, drunkenness, you may need to physically restrain yourself from going to a bar with your friends. Even though you don't plan on drinking, you probably should abstain from even going so that you will not be tempted to sin. You don't want to give your flesh an opportunity to sin against the Lord God. So you don't want to present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. But, he says, now here's positive command, present yourselves to God. We present ourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So what that boils down to is this. The moment Jesus saved us, the moment he redeemed us, that moment that we realize we were sinners destined for hell and we repent and we trust in Jesus, we believe that Jesus was, was resurrected from the dead, we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. The Bible says in Romans ten nine and 10 that he saved us. We see elsewhere, like in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, that while we were yet dead in our trespasses and sins, what, what happened? What did God do? He made us alive together with God. Uh, with him in Christ. That's what he's done. God, verse 4, I believe it says, uh, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions and uh, our sins, he, we were made alive together with Christ. And it goes to say, by grace you have been saved. So, so listen, Jesus insta instigates, he initiates, that's the word, he didn't instigate it. Well, I, I mean, I guess technically that's true, but he he initiates our salvation. He brings us to a place of repentance. That's, that's all of God. And so now, because of what he's done, now I want to be a part of keeping myself pure and holy and clean for the Lord God and for his use. That's what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 6. So he's telling us in these verses, 6 through 14, 
Um, verse 14, again, for sin shall not be your master, shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So, friends, listen, what Paul is saying is that we have been set free from sin. We do not have to sin. And to keep from sinning, we need to consider ourselves dead to sin, alive to God. We need to now not allow sin to reign in our members. And yet, uh, the other side of that, the positive side of that is we need to present our body to the Lord as an instrument of righteousness, not of unrighteousness. We don't want to use this vessel that God has given us to sin we want to use what god has given us to be righteous to do righteous deeds that glorify god that bring glory and honor to him that bring fame to jesus not to ourselves but to jesus and so that's what we're to do here and that's what paul's talking about that's this ideal of putting off and putting on now to get very clear about that put off put on idea i want you to look at ephesians chapter 2 uh, four Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-two. Verse twenty-two. So Paul talking to the Christians in Ephesus. All right, the Christians in Ephesus in this letter written uh, from prison, one of the prison epistles here. But this letter, obviously, it uh, circulated the letter of Colossians uh, to the church, the Christians in Colossae. Very similar in structure to this other letter called Ephesians. But in Ephesians, as Paul writes to the Christians there, as he writes to the Christians there, he says this in verse 22. In reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. That is the put off dynamic, the put off principle. What are we to do? We're to put off the sinful things. We're to put off the old self. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation or a new creature. The old is past. Behold, all things have become new. So what do you do with something that's dead? You, you, you bury it. We get rid of it. We put it in the ground. That's that old self. It's not us anymore. We've, we've died to our flesh. We've died to sin. And so what he tells us here in verse 22, this put off dynamic in reference to that old former manner of life, lay aside command. Lay aside the old self. So I have to actively now put off the sinful self. If there is a habitual sin that I struggle with, if there's one that, that you struggle with, I have to be actively engaged in not habitually sinning. Now listen, I know that sounds sounds um, um, a, a little strange, I guess, the way, the way I'm wording it here. But, but folks, I'm telling you, this is the principle. You're, you're sinning. You can't just say, oh, well. You can't just wait on God to miraculously, supernaturally deliver you. Folks, listen, if you're a Christian, he's already miraculously, supernaturally delivered you. You are allowing the monkey of sin that's on your back to control you rather than giving uh, over control to the Holy Spirit of God. And so that's what we need to do. We need to put off that old self, verse 22. Because it's being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. Lust of deceit. That's a bad thing, folks. And our, our old self is being corrupted. It is corrupted. Verse 24 then says, Put on the new self, which in uh, the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. 
So I've got to put off the old sinful me. I've got to put on the new self. Friends, that's, that, those are commands to put off, to put on. That doesn't mean I'm saving myself. No, the Lord God saves us by grace through faith. But now I'm actively engaged in my sanctification, my, the process of me becoming holy. Obviously, it starts with God, but you and I, Christian, have an active role to play in our holiness. We have to actively engage. So we put off the things of sin, and we put on the things of righteousness. We put off the sin, we put on the righteousness. Now, he gets into a number of things here by way of example. We don't have time today. Next episode, I think we'll just pick up here and look more at this put off, put on dynamic. And we'll also be looking at a few verses in the book of Colossians, the that sister letter. They're very similar in structure, Ephesians and Colossians, both written by Paul. So as we close out today, let me just repeat, sin is not the master of a Christian. Jesus is Lord. There can only be one. There can be only one. I'm just going back to my Highlander days. Not that not that I am a Highlander or ever was a Highlander. I don't mean that. But, I mean, just just never mind. Some of you may get that. Some of you may not. It, it's, it's irrelevant. The, 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 the point is we have to put off, if we're going to conquer habitual sin, we've got to put off those sinful desires of sinful habits and we've got to put on the desire for the lord jesus we've got to put on different habits different habits holy righteous habits you can't just stop sinning and leave it at that you stop sinning but you replace that stuff you've put off with righteous deeds things that we now put on and we're going to get into that in more detail and talk about i guess practically how we do that on the next episode of contenders radio so i just pray that we would all be in god's word daily praying that the Father would convict us of our sin, of our sinful habits, bring us to repentance, that we would put those habits off. We, we would lay aside that sin, and I pray that God would give you, and uh, me included, I pray he would give us the grace then to put on those new habits, replacing those sinful patterns in our lives. So until next time, I played, pray, excuse me, I play, uh, I do play often, but I pray that God would richly bless you in this endeavor of being holy. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast of Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. For more information on this or other broadcasts, please log on to our website, contendersradio.com. That's contendersradio.com. You can also find us on the web at kevininman.org. That's kevininman.org. There you will find podcast episodes, blog posts, study helps, and more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you in your pursuit of the truth.